Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Busy on the Goodyear hotline today for our guests, including old friend Bruce Pearl. Breaking down brackets, the green list is tournament related. Timmy Legler is with me right here as we look through the NBA trade deadline stuff. As always, your calls. It is Friday. Let's go. Here we go. Go, go. Only one place to start. And the one place to start is with the trade deadline in the NBA, which was busy yesterday. We wondered if there would be a lot of wheeling and dealing, and there most certainly was. And here to tell you who the biggest winners and losers were was the, is the one and only Tim Legler, who joins me on the aforementioned Goodyear Hotline. Hello again, Tim Legler. Greeny, what's up? Good to be with you again. Well, it's a pleasure. We had a good time on TV today. And before I get to the biggest trades of yesterday, a little birdie whispered in my ear that I should ask you, when you were traded during your NBA career, yesterday was a day filled with trades, where is it that you found yourself when you were traded back when you were a player? <laughs> well, ironically, I was on a season ticket holder cruise for the Washington Wizards. So I'm on this cruise when I get word and we were sailed, I think, from New York down to Bermuda and back. So we were in Bermuda, docked, and I get word that I have officially been traded to the Orlando Magic. So it was kind of surreal oh. to uh, experience that when you're on a vacation, actually an event and a function by the team that just traded you. What did you do? Very strange. Actually, I, I was so thrown by it and kind of um, – put off by it because the way I found out I wasn't actually didn't find out first from the team and it kind of upset me I actually disembarked and I said you know what I'm not comfortable sailing back with uh, these events that you have me scheduled to do I just got traded by the team I disembarked and I proceeded to basically find my own way home I regretted it immediately that I made that decision I could have just sailed back and enjoyed some of the lovely cruise food that they had but I decided uh, you know, my, my uh, type A personality got the best of me in the moment, and I ended up finding my own way back after that. So it was kind of, it was kind of bizarre the way that all played out. That's a hilarious story. I had not heard that before. I like it. Legler with me on the Goodyear, headline, uh, the Goodyear Hotline, excuse me, celebrating March deal days with month-long service and savings. Visit GoodyearAutoService.com for offers. All right, let's get to business. Legs, which team made the most important move yesterday. Which team was the biggest winner, I guess, is the easiest way to put it, of trade deadline day? If I singled one out, it would be Aaron Gordon. I'd put him number one. I'd put Rajon Rondo uh, 1A going to the Clippers. So let's start with Aaron Gordon. I look at that team and I say, all right, they've got an MVP candidate. Uh, They've got Jamal Murray, who showed you last year what he's capable of doing in a big moment in the playoffs. You know, Michael Porter Jr. is a guy I think is going to get there as their third star. He's he's starting to get his legs under him. He missed some time early in the year, and he's getting better every night. So he, he might be there and, like, have arrived by the time they get to the postseason. So that's a lot of firepower already. And then you go out and you add a guy that is a perfect complementary piece to what you already have because of his defensive abilities. Aaron Gordon is a guy with his body type, his athletic ability, he is made to guard the guys you're going to have to guard in the Western Conference. When you look at LeBron, AD, uh, you look at Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, he's got the, the athletic ability, the lateral speed to guard smaller players. He's got the physical strength to guard bigger guys. Um, and the best part about him, you don't have to really change anything offensively to incorporate him in. I mean, a lot of the guys that change teams, you immediately think, well, how's that going to work offensively with what that team already has? It's not the case with Aaron Gordon. 
He's not a slouch offensively, but you don't need to run stuff for him to get benefit from him every night. And if you have a situation where you're in a postseason and, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is having a rough night or Jamal Murray's not playing well, he is capable of having a 20-point game when you need it. But he's also giving you all these other things defensively. So I think for them to round out their starting lineup with what they already have by getting Aaron Gordon, that to me is the big winner of the day. Rondo would be a close second because I just – you talk about a guy tailor-made to give a team what they lack. The Clippers have no vocal leadership. They need to get smarter on the floor. They need a guy that's not going to wilt when the lights get turned up in the postseason. He's got an incredible postseason resume of having massive moments for teams he's been on when they need it. I don't think the Lakers win last year without Rajon Rondo, even at this stage of his career. So to add that to a Clippers team that has a lot of doubts about their ability to get it done in the postseason and lack of leadership on that team, that also, to me, a home run. Greeny and Timmy Legler with me here. Let's let's make this straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, Tim. Denver is not Los Angeles, and the Nuggets have basically no history, and the Lakers have all the history. But if we just reversed the uniforms, if the Denver Nuggets, as currently constituted after yesterday, were actually the Los Angeles Lakers, wouldn't we be saying they are the team to beat for the championship this year, or at least in the West? No, that's a great point. That's an absolutely great point. It's a fair point, too. But I think it's also for some people would be selling Denver short to think they can't get it done the way they're constructed. This isn't a team with no playoff experience. And that's the thing that I think sometimes you forget because they aren't the marquee sexy team that the Lakers are. You know, they're not on national TV as much. They're starting to get there because Jokic is such a fun player to watch and he's such a unique player in the way that he dominates and controls the game. And they've got playoff experience. They went to the conference finals a year ago. They beat the Clippers. Um, This is a team that is on the cusp. They're incredibly well coached. So you're right. I think if you had this starting five and just about anywhere else in these major cities in the league, you would be looking at them as the favorite to win the championship. Maybe outside of Brooklyn because, you know, those three guys being put together in a major market like Brooklyn – you know, if those three guys are all healthy, it, to me, it's how are you supposed to come up with something defensively to stop that? We haven't seen those guys together very much, so that still has to be answered. But, man, I mean, that's the greatest collection of offensive talent, top three guys of any roster in the history of this league in terms of raw scoring power. So maybe outside of them. But if Denver, you put Denver in any of these other cities that we're talking about all the time, yeah, I think you're right because that's how good their starting five is. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. And so as a final thought here, because you bring up the Nets, they remain the most interesting thing. If, they, if they're healthy and they don't win it, what will the reason be? If I have you on this radio show the day after they get knocked out of the playoffs, wherever they do, even if it's the finals, and all three of those guys were playing, what will be the reason they didn't win it? It could be one of two things. One could be they find themselves in tough spots and they end up playing my turn, your turn type basketball. And that's gotten some of those guys in trouble in the past and other places they've been. It's, it's been the reason James Harden has had a difficult time breaking through. It, it definitely was the reason that Oklahoma City couldn't break through when Kevin Durant was paired with Russell Westbrook. It's the reason the Boston Celtics failed a couple of years when Kyrie Irving was there because they try to do too much in the moment to bail their team out because they always think, all three of them think, they're the best option at that time. So that could be one reason. 
And then, you know, defensively, they just they find themselves in some big moments and they're just not able to get done defensively what they need to. But I don't think either one of those things can happen. They answered the first one for the most part because Kyrie Irving and James Harden have proven they're comfortable in their respective lanes that they have been put in with this team. It is clearly James Harden's team. And Kyrie Irving accepting that and being more of an off-ball scorer and, and thriving in that role as he did in next to LeBron James. He's doing a similar thing here next to James Harden. They solved a lot of that. And then Kevin Durant, it doesn't matter who he's playing with. It seems like he can just go with 30 effortlessly. He doesn't care who, who's going to over-dribble the ball or what else. I'm just going to get mine when I get mine and do it efficiently. So I don't think that would be the problem. But if, if you're asking me to give you a reason, that would probably be why. Yeah. All right. We will see. Timmy Legs, thanks a million for this. I always appreciate it, my friend. Have a great weekend, and I will see you next week. You got it, Greeny. Take care. It's Tim Legler with me here on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, Hembo is here. The whole hashtag crew is here. Hembo, uh, Little Ray, a.k.a. Cuffy, sent me a text. Things you don't normally hear. Quote, I disembarked. <laughs> I disembarked. You use the official term. The Legler, official how, did term. You, how did you handle being traded while you were on a team-sponsored season ticket holder cruise? Quote, I disembarked. <laughs> All right, we're just getting started here. Who is going to the Final Four? We're going to pick your winners. The green list is all about the NCAA tournament with the Sweet 16 getting rolling tomorrow. I got draft prep. Hembo's got a green light. We got so much still to come. Stay here. I'm just getting started. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by my pleasure to welcome back to the program first time in a long time bruce pearl is with me oh look at him bearded and looking good how are you bruce greeny i'm doing good uh, you either are in the dance or you're on vacation and so uh we've taken a few days off and uh, looking forward uh, very much to watching the games this weekend so are we and we'll put you to work as an analyst here which you uh, once upon a time did for us extraordinarily well but i do want to start with this i've known you a long time going all the way back to when you were taking uw milwaukee to the sweet 16 and you would come on the old show like this was a year unlike any other and, and i will say that as, as the parent of a college student um i'm aware of some of the challenges that were going on and she wasn't trying to play a basketball season so, like, how would you put into words what this year was like and, and, and what you think the kids that played got out of it? Well, Greeny, I, I think if you treat these kids like they are students, you recognize the importance of having them in a classroom. You recognize the importance of doing the very best we can to try to have their lives be as normal as we can, respectful of the virus and, and the tragedies that are going on all around them. 
So whether it's Zoom classes or in-person classes, whether it's playing games in front of fans or in front of a limited number of fans, these kids are still getting to experience what they what they what they should be able to experience. Go to class, play basketball, be able to still live their dreams living through the virus. And I congratulate all the people around them, just like I congratulate the people in sports that have done an amazing job trying to have it be as normal as possible. Yeah, and and look, all things considered, it was a good season. The, the beginning of the NCAA tournament has has been exciting, and there were a lot of upsets. And on we go. So let's talk about it. So obviously, you're at Auburn, and, and so you let's start with Alabama. They're a two seed. They're alive. They're good. You played them. Tell tell everybody what makes Alabama so good and dangerous. Well, the first thing is everybody talks about their ability to shoot the three ball, and and, and they do have a philosophy of inside threes and outside threes, which uh, Nate Oates has done a wonderful job with. But what makes them so special is you can't stay in front of them. They'll put four or five guys on the floor that can drive by it, and they can get to the rim and score or get fouled or pitch them from three. So the only way teams are going to be able to beat them really two ways, if you've got enough dudes that can stay in front of their dudes, or secondly, do you have a powerful enough inside game, and maybe Michigan or Florida State in that second game does I do think Alabama gets by UCLA in a a very high-scoring game. Uh, That would be the one way to beat Alabama. That's the one matchup here that he's talking about coming up. It's two versus 11, Bama against UCLA. Winner will get the winner of Michigan-Florida State. You also played uh, this season against, I I think, what are the two best teams in the tournament and and the two best that are left, for sure, which is Gonzaga and Baylor. Let's start with Gonzaga. I I have people raving about them coming in. They're so prohibitive. They're going to go unbeaten. What makes them so good? Greeny, um, the the hardest thing to do defensively is guard in transition. In other words, before the defense gets back and gets set and has five guys inside of the other five guys, you've got some advantage in numbers early in possessions. Nobody in the country does a better job in transition offense than Mark Few. They get it down the floor, they space it, spread it, ball screen it immediately, that within the first five to ten seconds of their offense, they're getting or turning down really good looks to give other guys better looks. It's, 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 it's the best, uh, and they've got great personnel, they've got the stuff that's inside and out. I think the road to the Final Four has been the easiest for Gonzaga. I think it continues to be the easiest for Gonzaga based on their competition. Uh, it'll be a huge upset if they don't get to the Final Four. The teams that have traditionally bothered them a little bit, really fast, quick, undersized, put pressure on them, not let them run their offense. Uh, and I don't know that they'll see anything like that until they get uh, to, to the Final Four. They have Creighton in this Sweet 16, and then the winner of that gets the winner of USC and Oregon. Bruce Pearl, coach of Auburn, is with me. And then you played Baylor, and, and Baylor was an interesting team this year. You played them right before their long COVID pause. So they were unbelievable. Then they, like a lot of other teams had to, just stopped playing, and now they came back. How good are they? They've got the three best combination of three defensive guards uh, in, in college basketball. So their three guards can guard anybody that you have. Um, their weakness is they're not very deep on the front line. Um and so I, I, you know, I do think they could be vulnerable, but I don't know that they're really vulnerable until they get to the Final Four. Maybe Arkansas. You know, as, as Jay Wright is one of my favorite coaches, and what he's done right now with this team without his point guard is incredible. 
I just don't know that – I just don't see them being able to beat Baylor. Baylor's too fast, too quick, too athletic, and Scott Drew does a great job. Watch out for Arkansas. Now, Arkansas played Oral Roberts early in the season in a really good game. Oral Roberts ain't afraid. Ain't afraid of anybody and ain't afraid of Arkansas. Arkansas is really good. They got great depth. Musselman does a terrific job. I would look for that to be a Baylor-Arkansas matchup uh, going in. Um, and Arkansas is capable of beating them. Baylor is playing, as he mentioned, Villanova and Arkansas. Oral Roberts, Greeny, and Bruce Pearl. One more thing for you, Bruce. I, I so appreciate you taking the time while you're taking a little time off. And, and that is... Um, the number of upsets, people were trying to sort of put their finger on why it is. And, and someone came on the show, I think it was Charles Barkley, who said it with me earlier this week, who said, there are just so many good players now at all of these schools that you look at a place like Oral Roberts, they've got guys who can absolutely play. You just said they're not afraid of anybody. The reason they're not afraid of anybody is it used to be these underdogs were basically didn't belong on the same court as the bigger schools. Is that just no longer the case? That is no longer the case. You and Charles are exactly right. So take John Morant, who went to Murray State. He was on Zion Williamson's AAU team. In other words, on every AAU team in the country, there's a Zion. But there's four or five, sometimes six other guys on that team that are pretty good. So there are more good players out there. Plus the other thing on the men's side, 13 scholarships for men. The women actually have 15 scholarships. So while the rich can get richer, we can't load up like in football. In football, all the best players go to the big four or five schools. They load up. You know, just no matter which one of those five are going to win a national championship. In basketball, it, it is it is not the same, and that's what makes March so mad. That's an interesting. That's an interesting thought. I hadn't thought about the scholarship number in this conversation until you just said it, Bruce. It is always great to see you. Enjoy the little vacation here. The best of luck with everything, and I'll talk to you soon. Look forward to it, Green. You take care. Yeah, see, you too. That's Bruce Pearl with me, the coach of Auburn, now here on ESPN Radio. I'm Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. I, I think there are a lot of different ways to look at that, but that, that's the biggest one, is that there are players, as you watch these games, if you just took the jerseys off, well, if you took the names off of the jerseys and you were watching, they don't look like upsets. Like as you, I watched Oral Roberts beat Ohio State. I had Ohio State winning the whole thing, and maybe the worst thing I can tell you about that game, as I watched in horror. Usually, I root for the upset as we all do, but I couldn't lose my champion on the first day, and of course I did, which is very greeny of me. But but the point I'm trying to make here is the most noteworthy thing I took from that game is it did not in any way look like an upset. Like I was not what you did not. If you watched that game, Hambo, did you see that game? Yes, and Loyola, uh, Illinois felt the same way to me. They, they didn't look like an upset. Exactly, they're playing one seeds. <laughs> Ohio State was a two seed, right. but either way, they're playing these much higher seeded teams from these huge power conferences with all these guys who are on TV all the time. You've heard of them; they're all going to get drafted, and so it doesn't feel like an upset. Like, like, like when UMBC were about to do the thing. When, when these little schools, these little conferences would win these games in the old days, you would feel like it was a monumental upset. It doesn't look that way or feel that way anymore, which is a pretty significant change. With that in mind, here comes the list for the day. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. All right, the Green List, again, chosen by me. The top five, this or that, as voted on exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. And today's Green List are the five most important games 
in NCAA tournament history. The five biggest games in the history of this dance that we now know as March Madness. Number five. At five, I'm going to put UMBC beating Virginia because that really did feel that monumental. Going back through history, a 16 had never beaten a one, and it didn't feel like there was any chance it would ever happen. UMBC was a team. They were a 16 seed that earlier in the season had played Albany and lost 83 to 39. <laughs> Virginia had lost two games all year by a total of eight points. UMBC was a 20 and a half point underdog and won by 20. And I think there's just something about the magnitude as we just sit here saying that upsets don't feel like upsets. That one did. A 16 beating a one, which I would have bet you would not ever happen, happened in 2018. And it changes everything. Once, once something has happened, it, you, by definition, you can never say it's never happened before. And so I think that belonged on the list. That is number five on today's list of the most important games. Number four. Four, it, we're going back a little bit of a ways. But in 1974, in the final four, NC State beat UCLA in double overtime. John Wooden's teams had won 39 consecutive NCAA tournament games going back to 1963. They had won seven straight championships. So they were on, this snapped their streak of seven straight championships. It becomes the only season in John Wooden's final nine years that his team didn't win the national championship. His team, UCLA, had an 11-point lead with 11 minutes left in regulation and lost in a second overtime. So that, that, I think, has to go on this list. The one blemish, or whatever you want to call it, for NC State, 74 in the final four. That's number four on today's green list. Number three. At three is the perfect game, Villanova beating Georgetown in 85. Villanova, Raleigh Massimino, if you remember that team, if you remember what Georgetown was, if you remember Hoya Paranoia, if you saw Patrick Ewing and Michael Graham and John Thompson and all those guys, this was right in my most formative time. I was a senior in high school that year. I loved the tournament. The tournament had just become the tournament a few years before. Nothing was better. This is Ewing as a senior. Imagine a player of the stature of Patrick Ewing playing four years in college. It's ludicrous when you say it now, but it wasn't then. And there he was. And they, I would have bet you, I didn't own a house, obviously. I was, but I would have said, when I, someday I finally buy a house, I'll bet you that house that nobody beats Georgetown. And Villanova did by shooting 79% from the floor. They pitched a perfect game to beat Georgetown for the national championship and, and a game that if you watch that, you will never forget it. That's number three on the list. Number two. Two is what I, I think a lot of people would think might be number one, and that is Larry Bird against Magic Johnson because that is the game that changed everything. That is the game that made March Madness March Madness. 1979, it is the most watched game ever, the most watched basketball game ever. Over 35 million people watched Magic Johnson play Larry Bird. Michigan State, Johnson had 24.7 boards. Bird had 19 and 13, but he had a tough night for Indiana State, which was unbeaten going into that game. It ushered in an entirely new era for college basketball, and then obviously those two guys ushered in a new era for pro basketball. It is, in its own way, one of the most important games in any sport ever played. And it is number two on today's green list. Number one. Number one, I think we have to put Texas Western in 1966. Texas Western beating Kentucky 
72-65 to win the NCAA championship. Texas Western becoming the first team to win a national title, starting five black players. And not only did they win, but they beat Adolph Rupp and top-ranked Kentucky to do it. And if you know the history of Adolph Rupp, you would know why that is so especially significant. It was not a fluke. Texas Western was three in the country. With the win, they finished that season 28-1. and one. But as I said earlier about something else, until something has happened, it's never happened. It happened. Texas Western, that, that is a worthy of being number one on today's green list of the top five most important games in NCAA tournament history. Virginia losing the 16, beating the one. UCLA streak ending. Nova with the perfect game. Magic versus Larry. And then Texas Western deserves to be at number one. All right, we're going to try something new today. Today, I am going to unleash upon you the power of Hembo. <laughs> oh, no. All right, here we go. I'm ready to go. Green light, green light with Greeny. It's a pretty unique open. If I may, can I just take an aside? Hashtag Bubba, can you jump into this conversation before I give the green light? So we decided we were going to do a green light here where I will give the green light to Hembo, and I'll explain what that means in a moment. Now, you've made a million, you've had a million opens made for this show, and, and you do an outstanding job with this production. And for those who don't know, I mean, Hashtag Bubba has been a legend in this industry for now, I believe going on 40 years. You've written multiple <laughs> books on the subject of uh, radio production and have actually taught several classes as a professor of practice. Right. Why, why, <laughs> why is that open so different from every other open that we've done? What, 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 was, what were you thinking with that one? Well, I really can't, you know, give away my secrets of what I was thinking that particular day. You yeah. know, it just hit me that day when uh, that fateful fall night <laughs> when uh, you you, uh, you suggested we do. And I was feeling good that night and we uh, really crafted something special. We got John Legend to specifically do that <laughs> theme for us. And uh, it was great. And the, the rest is history. OK, that is well done. So. The green light is going to be my opportunity to introduce to you, to unleash upon you, Hembo. So I will tell you this about my friend Hembo, who has worked on my shows now. How long? How many years? Five, six, seven years at this point. I feel like it's a lot longer ago than that. Well, yeah. I mean, I really wear on people. What time did you... When did you start on Mike and Mike? 2015, I believe. The spring of 2015. Okay. I thought it was longer. Well, one way or the other. You're an old soul. But here's what I will tell you about Hembo. Hembo loves baseball. More than you love anything. That's right. However much you think you love anything. I'm talking about members of your family. I'm talking about literally anything. You don't love that thing as much as Hembo loves baseball. So every day or every now and again, I'm going to give Hembo the green light to give us a little baseball insight. And uh, we're going to begin it today. And let's go. What is one thing, Hembo, that every baseball fan or anyone even remotely interested in the sport needs to know right now as we creep towards opening day. Yeah, Greeny, I believe that the Yankees have never had an easier path to the World Series than they do this season, and Mm. I'll tell you why. The American League is as weak as it has been in my lifetime, and their biggest challenger to win the pennant, the White Sox, at least according to the odds makers, just lost one of their best hitters yesterday. Five five to six months, that's going to be a major injury for them. We know that it's been, (laughs) by Yankee standards, a long time since they've reached the World Series, and I'm here to tell you that the American League is so weak that they have absolutely no excuse to do so this season. 13 teams have played in the World Series since last the Yankees did. Why is everyone else, I'm I'm not sure I'm understanding why Mm. everyone got so weak, or I'm sure many people are wondering, how does that happen with all the money in some of these franchises? 
how did this happen this fast? Just more National League teams decided they want to be good now. That's how baseball is. A third of the, of, of the league seems to want to turn this thing over and almost rebuild for the future. And because the pandemic affected so many uh, organizations, there were just sort of a disproportionate amount of American League teams. So if you look at like the top rosters in baseball, the industry consensus is that right now, four of the top five are in the National League, which is to say the Yankees have no excuse not to make it considering the payroll, considering the talent on that team. And when you consider some of the issues going on in Chicago right now with the White Sox, they have a very clear path of doing so. Who were the other four? The, the Mets, the Braves, and then on the West Coast, the Padres and the Dodgers. Those are the four best teams in the National League. And the Yankees are the only other team that could slide in there right now. Like those, are the four, those are the top five teams in baseball. Four of them are on the senior circuit. There you go. And there is Hembo's green light. I'm ready to go right now. Green light. Does that really in fairness to Bubba, when we first conceived the idea of the green light, I don't think we had it with you in mind. I don't even think you were you were involved in the show at that time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we knew Hembo was going to be involved, I'm pretty sure this would not have been the opening. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Again, Hembo, for those who don't know, I, I want to make sure that your credentials are intact. Mm. For those who don't know, how do you spend your vacations? I travel around the country. With a couple of buddies, we eat barbecue, but most importantly, we visit every baseball stadium that we possibly can. Minor league baseball stadiums, college baseball stadiums. Sometimes there's not even games being played, and we visit those stadiums. Let me remind you that this is a man doing this who is married to hmm. someone else entirely. So your wife, Lizzie, does not attend these vacations. You go on vacation without your wife with two buddies, one of whom I believe is a son of another buddy. Yes, he's 13. He's 13. Charlie. You're on the road. Charlie, mm. you're on the road with another guy and his 13-year-old son, and you're traveling around and going to minor league baseball parks. Yes, and I double up with Tom in bed. This is split the cost. Much cheaper that way. I mean, I watched two episodes of Ken Burns Baseball yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> That is my credential. That isn't even funny, and yet it makes me laugh. All right, so that is something you can look forward to on this program. If you're looking for baseball insight, you have my promise that you are going to get it better here than you're going to get it absolutely anywhere else because Hembo combines the extraordinary love and passion for the sport with an understanding of the analytics that exceeds that of anybody. So uh, it's going to be really good. In the meantime... Let's do our phone calls coming up next year, heading into the weekend. We'll play What's on Your Mind. If you can get past Hembo, then you can get on the air, and I will ask you what is on your mind in sports right now as we head into a big weekend with so much going on. 888-SAY-ESPN is the number, 888-729-3776. Give us a call. What's on your mind? Your calls are coming up after this word from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop on by. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? 
Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny with you and a reminder that the biggest, baddest rematch is on the way tomorrow. UFC 260 heavyweight champ Stipe Miocic taking on the top contender Francis Ngannou for the second time. UFC 260 tomorrow exclusively on ESPN Plus for $69.99. Visit ESPNPlus.com slash PPV. All right, to the phones we go. The game is called What's on Your Mind as we head into the weekend during this very busy time in sports. If you can get past Bubba, you can get to us here on ESPN Radio. The number is 888 888- say ESPN. Bubba, who is our first caller? We'll start with Chad. Chad, what's on your mind, Chad? Uh, Granny, I'm going to have to make one uh, change to your list. Okay. Uh, I would take Virginia off because it was a first-round game. It doesn't matter. And I would have to put Duke beating UNLV in 91 there That's... because if UNLV would have won that game, they would have been considered probably the greatest college basketball team ever. And not only that, Duke had lost by 30 the year before to the same team. That's You know what? That's a very good one. That UNLV team, I would. it's another one that I never in my life would have guessed they were going to lose a game. What he's talking about, if he's joining me here, is I did my green list of top five games in NCAA tournament history, and I didn't put that on. That's a very good call. That was the team with Larry Johnson and Stacey Augman and Greg Ackles and Anderson Hunt and Greg Anthony. Jerry Tarkanian's team, they were unbeaten. That's a good call. It's a good call. Does it belong ahead? Hembo, I'll let you be the judge. Does it belong ahead of the 16 beating the one? Not in my opinion. That it was, was close. But I was one year old when that It's when a that good game call. Happened. Well, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, Chad, it's a good call. I appreciate the call, and I like it. Uh, Bubba, who's next? Next up is Arvin. Arvin, hello. What is on your mind, Arvin? How are you, Greeny? Um, I think that with R.J. Barrett becoming a blossoming star, with Julius Randle solidifying himself, I think if the Knicks make the playoffs, they are the premier destination. Uh, the, here's the thing. Yes, I understand what you're saying. The Knicks are one huge acquisition away from being a seriously dangerous team in the Eastern Conference. The problem is that they have, they have not been able to make that acquisition in a very long time. Barrett, if coming into his own, is a really good player. Randall is a really good player. But that's not Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. That, that's not that. So what, what you, the way you phrased it, Arvin, is exactly right. The Knicks have to become the destination that these guys want to come to, which has never happened before. Uh, they had to overpay for Mari Stoudemire. Carmelo wanted to come here, but that, he was a, just a different kind of player. 
But at the end of the day, the LeBrons and the KDs and all these guys have never chosen to come to the Knicks. Will this be the year it finally happens? We'll see. They have a coach people respect. They have a, a team president, Leon Rose, who's got connections across the sport. I, I think there's reason to be as optimistic as you have been before. But when it's been as bad as it's been and the fan base has been as disappointed as many different times as they have been, I don't blame people for saying I'm going to need to see it to believe it. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Let's go to Scott. Scott, you're on with us here. Scott, what's on your mind? Hey, Greeny, happy Friday. You too. Um, my question has to do with the NFL draft, with five quarterbacks potentially going in the very top of the first round. Who has the biggest potential to be a uh, bust? And then on the opposite side, with all these other players falling, who has a chance to be the next like Pro Bowl-style player for many years to come? The next what style player? I'm sorry, I, could, I didn't hear the... Like a, like a, like a Pro Bowl-style player? or like Oh, like a great player. Uh, who might fall? Okay, so specifically with the quarterbacks, there are five quarterbacks who are all going to go, I think, in the first half of the first round. Again, Mel and McShay keep projecting that quarterbacks are going to go one, two, three, and four. It's impossible for me to tell you which one is going to be the bust. More than anything, it will be dependent upon the circumstances they find themselves in. But the one that I, I think you have to say is the riskiest is Trey Lance because he's coming out of North Dakota State because he was the starter for one season. And then this year they didn't have a season. It's not his fault that he isn't experienced. The team didn't play a season this year because of COVID. They played one game as a showcase for him. So he has very little experience playing in that small conference. So it's very hard to not say, I guess he's the riskiest of the picks. Then as far as who may fall, if you're including all the players, to me, it's Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask, he's the quarterback. Excuse me, uh, Kyle Pitts is the tight end from Florida who I think five years from now we will look back and say he's the best player that came out in that draft. I, I think he is Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, that waiting to happen. He is a, a matchup nightmare. You can put him in line. You can put him in the slot. You can put him out wide. He is going to be a superstar player in the NFL, and he may fall down to fifth, sixth, seventh, something like that. If that happens, I, I think that he will wind up being the best value pick in this year's draft. Uh, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Bubba, we got time for one more. Go. Yeah, let's go to Brooklyn. Talk to Joshua. All right, Joshua. What is on your mind, Joshua? What's up, man? Uh, I'm calling, if hypothetically speaking, the Lakers and the Nets were to match up in the NBA Finals this year, both teams healthy, and the Lakers were to win, would that, would that make LeBron James unquestionably the greatest basketball player of all time? It's a great question. Boy, is that a good question. What would it mean for the legacy of LeBron James if he beat those three guys healthy? That is an outstanding question. He already beat the 73-win Warriors. Now, that was not the team that had KD, obviously, but he beat the, the winningest team of all time in the finals in Game 7 in their building. If he were to then turn around and do this and win his fifth championship by beating Harden, Kyrie, and most importantly, KD, what would that do for his legacy? Boy, that is such a good question. Listen, there, there are the old farts like me who are going to support Jordan for the rest of our lives, <laughs> almost no matter what happens. But that would be, here's what I will say to you, that will be the best argument you will have. The best, number one. That, that if, if those guys, those three guys are healthy and they play as well as I think they're going to play, that he will have beaten a team better than anybody Jordan ever beat. That's an excellent call and an excellent question. Uh, we'll take a short break. Coming back with the best bet in the National Football League. Stay there on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast.